Our scripture lesson today is taken from the Gospel of John. It's the lectionary passage today. Uh, we'll be, at least on the sermons I preach here in the next, uh, in the upcoming weeks, we'll be in John for a while. Uh, I'm going to be reading a shorter version than what's listed in your bulletin. I'll read from John 1, starting at verse 35. And this is where, um, very early in the ministry, Jesus is calling his first disciples. The next day, John the Baptist again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying. And they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. This is the word of the Lord. Dear Lord, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. May they give you glory and may they edify your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. On this weekend, we do, in fact, as a nation, remember Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. We remember him as a national leader worthy of an annual holiday. As Christians, we also remember him as one of our own who challenged us and made the gospel come alive in its link with the best ideals of our nation as expressed in several of our founding documents. Martin Luther King joins perhaps only Abraham Lincoln in so merging the biblical language and cadences with the language of our founders. He called us to our best as both citizens and as Christians. And, as, and on this day in the sermon, I want to reflect on where we are as a nation on racial matters and where we might be in our own personal faith. Last May, near the formal end of the Therefore Project, which, was, which we as a session had developed in response to the killing of George Floyd two years prior, I gave a short talk in the Haverkamp room on what I had been reading over the two years since that death. I took questions at the end. The first question was, Larry, at this point, are you feeling optimistic or pessimistic about race in our country? I said, I don't know. That's why you pay me so much money. <laughs> but then I added, I would not say that my optimism or pessimism is particularly limited to race. I don't know that I would say my pessimism about our country is permanent. I hope it's not permanent. But I think that the division and confusion and the inability to find or hear magnified voices that seem to offer either something reasonable or something hopeful something that brings people together are hard to find. 
But then I said, I'm always encouraged when I find diversity of opinion, diversity of opinion within a range. I'm not talking about people way off on the wacky extremes. I'm talking about people who engage one another. And I do think that there's good writing and good voices along these lines. And I don't have any reason to think that that won't continue. About four months later, I was sitting in the family room of a couple in the church, and one of them asked me, kind of out of the blue, do you think our country is closer to solving our problems around race than we were two years ago? Again, I paused a good while, and then I said, I think the problem is so long-standing in our nation that it will take years to overcome. And it's hard to judge progress or setbacks based on such a short span of time as two years. Then recently I asked an African-American member of our church what this person thinks may or may not have changed over the last two years. This member responded, what I have noticed is that it is no longer taboo to talk about race at work, in the neighborhood, in church. Race used to be like sex, politics, and religion. You couldn't discuss it in polite company, but now you can. And this member closed by saying, I take heart from that. The lectionary passage for us today from the Gospel of John depicts the first words that Jesus speaks in that particular gospel. These words come in the midst of a very intense setting. Jesus has been introduced to us by this beautiful prologue. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But that prologue is immediately followed by a tense exchange between John the Baptist and religious authorities who are concerned about the Messiah that John is proclaiming. Who are you, they ask John. I'm not the Messiah, he answers. Who then are you? Are you Elijah? I'm not. Are you the prophet? No. Who are you then? I'm the voice crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Why then are you baptizing? I baptize with water, but among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I'm not worthy to reach down and untie the thong of his sandal. This intense debate ends in a stalemate. The very next day, John is in the same location, again outside, with two of his own disciples. John sees Jesus walk by, and John says to his disciples, this is the Lamb of God. These two disciples immediately follow Jesus. When Jesus turns around and sees them, he says to them, what are you seeking? And they say, Rabbi, where are you staying? Where are you dwelling? 
where are you remaining? And Jesus says to them, come and see. These two disciples are Simon, who will later be renamed Peter, and Andrew, his brother. They become the first two of 12 disciples who answer Jesus' call to come and see. Come and see who he is. Come and see what he is about. Come and see what they find in his life. Come and see is the invitation that Jesus extends to disciples in the Gospel of John. When Jesus says, come and see, he is inviting those close to him. And by extension, his hearers and readers throughout the centuries to enter into a relationship to him. A relationship that is marked by watchful and penetrating eyes to see if he is that for which they have been searching. The place of remaining, the place of staying, the place of abiding, the place of permanence for which we all yearn. Jesus is inviting them into the abundance of life that he offers, which begins here and now in this life on this earth and extends after our death. The abundance of life which transcends the temporal and geographic limits of our earthly existence. The abundance of life which offers us an abiding in eternity in what he will later describe as the many mansions of God's house. These two disciples are looking, in other words, for something ultimate. What Paul Tillich called the ground of being. And to that search, Jesus says, come and see. Come and see. We can debate whether the rhetoric in America is more confrontational and divided than it has been at any other time in our history. Or whether we are simply more aware of it because of cable television and social media. But for the most part, our national discourse is plenty confrontational and plenty divided. And we can debate the degree to which the history of race in our nation ultimately defines who we are as a nation. But for many, if not most of us, given the history of slavery, which has so determined relations between black and white in America, and given the emotional temperature, the presence of immigrants in many generations has generated among those of us already here, matters of race are particularly important if not definitional for who we are as a nation. The way Jesus calls his disciples to exercise their search for what is ultimate, come and see, come and see, he says, 
is invitational. Come and see for yourself what life is like following me. Come and see. We can take this invitationalism, a word I just made up, as a model for how we enter Christian faith. We can accept Christ's invitation to come and explore Christ as the human embodiment of God. We can seek to learn about Him, to serve others in His name. We can pray, we can worship, we can establish relationships with others who likewise follow Him. We can become a part of the community known as the church. In doing all this, when we come to explore Christ, we see We experience what life in His name and spirit and community is like. We come and see. Whether we are Christian or not, whether we are religious or not, whether we are believers or not, we can follow this same invitational pattern in approaching race in our lives and in our nation. Race is no longer taboo in our nation. It is okay to talk about it in polite company. It is okay to enter a relationship with another person and get to know them well enough to where we find out really what their life is like as a black person. As a white person, as a yellow person, as a red person, as a brown person, as a person of several different colors and backgrounds. It is okay to come and see. In fact, coming and seeing, I think, is the only way that we in a democratic society will make progress out of the sinful and painful parts of our nation's past and present into a brighter future. It is the only way we will achieve any genuine structural change that is merited, that needs to occur in our society. If we don't come and see one another, The only way we will deal with the results of our past and continuing injustices of the present is through force or violence. On the matter of race in our nation, we simply must come and see. We must come and see one another. At the end of my presentation in May, I quoted the then newly elected mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, from the online commencement address that she gave at Northwestern University in 2020. Being engaged, she said, doesn't mean screaming the loudest. It doesn't mean issuing a set of demands and then villainizing anyone who doesn't immediately pledge allegiance to your favorite manifesto. 
The public square, she said, should be about robust debate, working to muster the facts and the arguments to persuade, building coalitions, finding common ground, and of course, leaning into what you believe. She concluded telling these graduates, I urge you, build bridges over which you can travel and over which others can travel to you. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. It is not taboo to talk about race in polite company anymore. Amen.